Well, good Monday morning and welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. It's March, so our new monthly theme for this month is going to be all about customer experience. I'm really excited to welcome in our guest today. He's got a great perspective on the topic, one of the top uh, influencers on social media on the topic, and certainly one of the best minds uh, going right now in the mortgage industry on customer experience and engagement. And uh, typically right now in the podcast, uh, we would uh, I do I talk to you about uh, why you should be uh, uh, touching base with this guy and finding out more about uh, his product at Accelerate. Uh, at, at but hold that thought for a moment and we'll let uh, you can hear right from the man himself. Before we do that, though, I want to toss it over to Susan Malazzo at the California NBA for this week's uh, weekly update. Susan. Thanks, Dustin. Hi, this is Susan with the California MBA here with your weekly update. This week, I'd like to talk with you about a new series that we're featuring on our social media channels called Talking Crep. This is going to be an interview segment uh, that features industry leaders in the commercial real estate finance industry talking about some of the hot topics that are going on right now. Our first series is going to be launched tomorrow and will feature Cody Shahoris with Slack Capital, who's also a member of our board of directors, and David Rosenthal with Curtis Rosenthal talking about valuations during the COVID era. So if you don't want to um, miss Talking Crap tomorrow as it launches or any of our future segments, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on LinkedIn. That's it for this week. Back to you, Dustin. All right. Thanks, Susan. All right now, let's uh, welcome in our guest today, Josh Friend, CEO, founder of Incelerate. Welcome, Josh. Hey, Dustin. Uh, thanks for having me. Really excited to be a part of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us what's going on. What's the latest with uh, Incelerate these days? Um, yeah, so just, you know, uh, this is a great topic we're going to be talking about. Really, you know, Incelerate, we've grown rapidly over the last uh, last year. We grew over 250% in our customer base. Um, so we, we are definitely um, helping a lot of lenders now. And really what we're doing is we're doing it through our customer experience platform which has a CRM, has lead management, sales enablement, uh, robust content library. We have a mobile and a desktop application. So last year we re-released our mobile application, which uh, has really, uh, our customers have really loved, um, given access to loan officers in the street to things like rate lock extensions without having to go into Encompass or the LLS to do that. So we've had a lot of uh, great innovations and you know we'll be talking about some of this stuff and how it relates to uh, you know our technology but just the greater overall technology as we as we go on yeah well great all right well let's uh, let's dive into the conversation here then so i mean from my perspective here much of the focus in the past half decade or more uh in the realm of customer and user experience has been on the front end the user side the the uh, uh the borrower but since the advent of rocket mortgage and some of these other digital mortgage platforms that sort of put the driver or the borrower in the driver's seat uh, it seems like the industry has started to finally realize that we can improve customer experience by also innovating in you know process and technology that the customer doesn't always uh, realize. So what's what are your thoughts on this shift? I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I've been in the industry for 22 years, and you know, if you go back, Dustin, probably even to a year ago or two years ago, and we've had these conversations, I said I think the thing that the industry needs to and it will get to is going to be back end automation, right? And that that helps customer experience. It, overall, customer experience is that is what's the experience someone gets when they buy something from you? What's the transaction look like? And you know the customer experience that a lot of people have, and you know everyone's watching this has done a mortgage. I mean, when I owned my own mortgage company, I was in a refinance through my own mortgage company. I, I'll be honest with you, 
I didn't like the customer experience for my own company because I had to sign disclosures two or three times and I had to provide documents more than once and all this kind of thing. So we really see that customer experience in the back end automating things. And there's really in today's marketplace, the technology is there. Um, you don't have to have six people look at the same set of documents, right? You don't have to have the checker check the checker who checks the checker who checks the checker, if that makes sense. There's AI automation in the background now with OCR technology that really works. Um, there's, you know, the ability to actually close a loan faster. And we're seeing that now just in, it, it, it's on the forefront on the customer experience side, we think about it is if you go online and you apply for a mortgage and you, depending on what the lender you go to, if you're able to download your uh, W-2, pay stubs, all your documents in real time from, let's say, the, the source data. So it goes to your bank account and actually gets the data and puts all the information in front of the lender. You can automate like things like the work numbers. So someone says that, you know, you can verify their income all up front. That's where we really see this as going in places. Really, how do you make this back-end process better? Over the last year, when the market really took off, most lenders didn't have time to say, oh, let's figure out how we can make this more efficient. It was just, let's just throw a bunch of bodies at the problem. Let's just hire as many people as we can, put the people in there, and we'll figure it out. Well, we're seeing that's changing because now you can be much more efficient, right? There's no reason why a, a, a processor in today's market closes the same amount of loans that they closed, you know, 10 years ago, right? Technology is better, it's faster. And that's really what we need to see. So I, I say the backend um, operations, right? Underwriting, uh, drawing docs, processing, all those are the things that really we, we see that are going to change and obviously bring to the forefront and give customers a better experience. Yeah, well, and I think to your point, I mean, it's not just a matter of having a, a flashy, uh, you know, front end that the borrower sees. If they get their loan closed in a few a few days sooner or have to do one less round of uh, documents, I think that improves the experience, you know, whether or not they even realize that uh, that's what's making them happier. You're absolutely right. And we, we uh, to kind of further that point, we did a study and people can go to our website and pull this down. Um, it was a uh, days to close pull through study. And we have, you know, we handle about 300,000 bar applications a month now, over 20,000 loans a month get funded across our platform. So we have a lot of data to look at this. And what we looked at and saw was, this was very interesting that for every day someone reduced the time to close, their conversion rate went up by 1%, pull through rather. So loans go into process and you put 100 loans in a process and let's say right now you're funding 75 of them. You know, I'm not sure what the number is. Let's just say 75 is your pull through. And your average days to close is 40. Well, when those lenders got the 39, that 75 went to 76. Transversely, if they want the 41, that 75 went to 74. Hmm. So, and that is customer experience. To your point, they may not know what it is, but they but they are happy because they now have a great experience and it's easy to actually buy that loan from you. Yeah. Well, and certainly they're, you know, you're getting closer to that customer for life relationship and, and bottom line for the, uh, the lender itself. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, uh, next question here. Where where do you think we're going to see the next big breakthrough in uh, customer experience? Just what kind of echoing what we just talked about. There's two things. One's going to be, and we're seeing lenders do this now, and they're using you know platforms like ours to do this is to better engage with their customers at the right time, understand what's going on with those customers, so you can provide value to them, so you can build customers for life. Um, and then secondary to that, it's going to be you know. I think it's going to be Fannie, Freddie, and more day one certainty being brought to the forefront. Lenders actually really being able to use day one certainty, and that's a industry norm versus just an exception right now. Not everyone, right, you know, is, is willing to take a day one certainty, even knows how to understand how to transact that or to underwrite to that or fund to that because of all the, you know, rules and what servicers do and so forth. So I think 
having some uniformity of how we can actually produce a mortgage to a customer faster and better. And that's going to be, I, I really see in the back end, right? This front end, all the innovation that's out there as far as in borrower engagement, customer for life building, that's not changing. I mean, we that, that's the same technology as, you know, certain lenders have been running for 10, 15 years. Um, so really, you know, we see the advancement is the back office. We have not seen a lot of money spent on making the back office work. We saw the same LLS systems out there that dominate the market that have been in the industry for 20, 30 years, and they still manage the same process. Nothing, Nothing's changed. It's done the same way as it was 30 years ago. That's going to change. That's where we really see there's going to be some big change in the marketplace. Over, I'd say in the next three years, it'll drastically change, and we'll see times the close cut in half or more, right? And that's that's kind of what the, where we see the market going. I mean, that is a huge breakthrough times cut in half, absolutely. Um, so what changes do you see as, I mean, we're obviously still right in the in the throes of the uh, um, the refi boom right now, but at some point, whether it's, you know, this year or, you know, later in the year, or, you know, in the next year, the pendulum's gonna start swinging back toward purchase, obviously. What changes do you think you, we're gonna see when it comes to customer engagement and uh, um, experience? Yeah, so that's a really good um, question. You know, it's interesting. You know, right now is very timely, as we all know. This month has been horrible for rates. We've uh, rates have gone up basically rate sheets about a half a percent. Unless yesterday we lost 100 basis points in pricing. So we definitely see, um, you know, the market's going to be uh, moving, and and the changes as people go to more and more purchase. Um, where we see something, because you know, that we see a, a, a opportunity, and we have several lenders um very 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 successful maxi lenders, very successful buying purchase leads now either working them through a call center or push them down to the, the local real estate agents or i'm sorry um, loan officers so an example is and just think let's just think about this right so over the last 12 months everything's gone virtual people are really used to being in a virtual world um when i'm online looking for a house Right. And I, I do that all the time. So I just like to see what's always what's for sale. And it's just it's nice to look at. You know, I go to Zillow, which, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, Zillow is going to take your mortgage from you, which that's true. So I go to Zillow, I look at a house. But guess what? I always see ads for mortgages. I go to Redfin or all these other websites and I see ads for get a mortgage with me, get a mortgage with me, get a mortgage with me. There's a lot of people that say I want a mortgage online. And what tends to happen is lenders don't buy those leads. They don't respond to those leads. They don't work those leads. So those lenders who do are having huge success right now, right? So I'm buying local leads. I push them to my local real, uh, loan officer who they're getting a couple, maybe one or two new contacts a day that's in their marketplace. They're using technology around it to keep that person engaged because they don't have the relationship. It's not a referral. It's, a, it's someone that went online. So they're using technology like ours to engage them in Facebook and emails and text messages and phone calls and ring us voicemails. And that's how they're driving business. So I really see, you know, consumer direct purchase growing. Um, I think if the refinance boom didn't happen over the last year, we would have already seen a large amount of uh, more consumer direct purchase going on. We can just, I can just tell you from lenders that we work with, some of our larger lenders and successful ones, they're, they're spending a lot of time and money in figuring this out and making this work well for them. And they're seeing, you know, great success. Some of them are at, you know, we have lenders that have been, you know, 80 plus percent purchase through this whole entire refinance market, all all based off of internet leads. And they're doing, you know, they're very successful with it. So I, I think we'll see a lot more of that. And then we'll see those loan officers interacting with the realtors saying, hey, let's change this paradigm. You're no longer giving me referrals, or maybe you are, I mean, you will, but I'm going to give you a buyer. I talked to this person, I got this person, they're approved, they want to go buy a house. Hey, 
Sally, go find this person a house. And by the way, Sally, the next two or three pre-approvals would really love it if you could send some business my way as well. I think that's where we're going to see a lot of the shift. Wow, that's that would definitely be a change in the in the LO uh, realtor relationship, and I think probably for better. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's uh, uh, switch gears back to uh, process here. What's your what are your thoughts on you know the most effective strategy for lenders to stay in touch with borrowers throughout the process, and how can originators maintain that touch with borrowers during these high volume periods that we're in right now? Yeah, so I'm going to use two terms here, data alignment and automation. And data alignment, what I, what I mean by that is you have your, unfortunately, most lenders have customer data interactions, activities being managed and housed in multiple systems that are not connected, right? So uh, I have a phone system where I call a customer, they call me. That interaction with the customer is only in that phone system. I have a CRM or online portal where someone interacts with me and that's only recorded in that spot. What we're talking about is aligning um, the data. So meaning it, when you have high volume, you don't have time to do a lot of manual processes and you need to be as efficient as absolutely possible. So having clear, clean, aligned data from your, you know, for example, your lender on our platform, if a customer calls you, calls a loan officer, the system knows that. You call the loan officer calls a customer, you know that. They text both and back for, uh, to the customer back. The system knows that. So that way, you're not sending out an email saying, hey, Dustin, haven't spoken to you in a while. What's going on with that refinance? And in reality, you and I just spoke today yeah. or yesterday. Like, it doesn't, yeah. yeah. So now it, having that aligned so that you really know what's going on with the customer, then it's going to be laying out some engagement pathways. Okay. So let's walk through the buyer, you know, the, the journey. Customer A, customer B, customer C, here's one of my cohorts. What should they look, what should it look like? Someone who's uh, a first time home buyer, hasn't been pre-approved for a loan. What should the messaging be to go out to that customer? And it can't just be emails, right? You know, I remember, you know, 10, 15 years ago, automated email marketing for lenders was great. I mean, it was new, it was fantastic, and it, you still need to use it, but we're so far beyond that now, right? So it's, it's, it's how do you, you know, line the data? How do you automate your actions? and then define a best practice um, you know, workflow, if you will, for borrower engagement, meaning what message do you send them after it's been six months and they have been pre-approved for a loan, but they haven't bought? What's that message look like? Versus maybe it's someone whose credit didn't quite qualify. How can you message to them to let them know as soon as they're ready, you're ready to help them with their next mortgage? So it's really understanding that. And you know, I think the value and lenders have been very um, transactionally uh, based. Lenders are not relational based. We're transaction based. You know, I, I see lenders who don't even really market to their past customers because they're just marketing to new customers and they're just like, well, I got so much business. I don't need to worry about my past customers. Well, you have to. The average customer is seven to 11 transactions in their lifetime. Now is the time when you have high volume to give the best experience possible. That way over the next five, 10 years, you get all their loans and you get more business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, think to your point about having the data aligned there, that's when you're able to hit them with the right time, with the right message at the right time, too. Yeah, that's wow. really that's really important. We've all gotten messages from someone in marketing or company, and it doesn't make any sense of what's going on. And all that does is that you lose trust and credibility with that customer when you're not communicating to them appropriately. Yeah, that's when I hit the unsubscribe button. That's right. Um, so uh, speaking of borrowers here, and you, and you mentioned this earlier with uh, uh, your forays into uh, Zillow and Redfin, 
So does the borrower, the, the fact that the borrower has an increasing you know, ability to educate themselves, greater access to information with the internet and, and the sites like Zillow and Redfin, et cetera, you know, does that change how originators communicate and what they communicate? And I would say, I guess, when they communicate with borrowers. Yes, of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, because the borrowers are so much more self-educated in themselves, um, and they're online. You know, if you think about this, going the purchase side, just really think about the transaction in 1980 or 1990 or even 2000. You wanted to buy a house. You had to go talk to a real estate agent and say, show me all the homes that are for sale in the neighborhood. They would maybe give you a, a, a paper with like, you know, the 10 homes that are for sale. There wasn't an online place to go look for these homes. This was the realtor controlled that transaction because I had to get, in order to find out what was available, I had to go talk to a real estate agent. That's gone, right? So what we're seeing is borrowers are now educating themselves on homes they want to buy by themselves. They're doing research about you know property value, um, demographics, uh, what's the school look like, what's the income level look like, crime rate, all that stuff on their own now to figure out is this a neighborhood I want to live in. So that's definitely that that's changed drastically, um, and so it's really you know from that. How does that, you know, impact the overall process is, you know, if I'm a borrower, I'm now empowered to find a house I want to buy. Um, and then the other side of it is if you are connected with the right lender who empowers you to basically immediately know what you qualify for. Right. That's a solid point of sale solution that when you apply online, runs pricing, runs credit, runs DU, um, does work number verification, comes back and gives you, you know, a real approval. Here's a loan you can get. Um, I think that's really, really change happens because now we're empowering the customers. Now, the truth is that that's very seldom done right now because very few lenders have the ability to do that. Um, but that does exist and that will change. If we just look at how people are buying things online now. I mean, there's people that a year ago, I, I'll be an example. I never ordered groceries online. It wasn't even something I, I just, I'll go to the grocery store. I mean, I actually, truthfully, it's like Blockbuster video. I like Blockbuster. I liked, I liked Friday night going to Blockbuster, walking around, looking at all the movie titles and picking out a movie. I'd still block, shop at Blockbuster. Obviously, that doesn't exist anymore. The market's changed that. But for me, I didn't want to buy you know, Amazon or order groceries on, on my phone. But over the COVID, I, I completely have. My use of buying stuff, getting access to ordering things online through my phone, and primarily, you know why? It's so much easier. Right. It's it's just easier access to more. So customers don't go, oh, in all my other places, I want all this information and easy access and be able to buy in real time on my schedule. But when it comes to the mortgage, I want to wait till Jim calls me back Monday at 10 o'clock to talk to me about my loan. That that doesn't work. It's Sunday. I'm found that house. I want to know now. Can I get a loan? What does that look like? So that's where the change happens. So more self-service. And that really comes down into the play of having um, the systems in place to manage that transaction now, right? So we, you know, the term consumer direct retail with the use, terms we use, but you know, you're a loan officer, a loan officer selling a loan to a customer. However, the customer came in, maybe a different channel, but once that happens, the transaction is the same, right? You're selling someone a loan, you have to process it, you have to explain to them the, the, the features of the loan, whatever else that they have, you know, answer questions. Um, so those, those two things of, you know, consumer direct, and retail, I mean, think about Amazon. Are they an online store? What are they now? Or, or are they just a company who sells you what you want to buy in any method you want to buy it, right? 
because they have physical stores now. You can go into Amazon stores. Yeah. They own Whole Foods. So they're definitely a brick and mortar company, right? They're not just an online retailer. So what are they? They are a company that sells you what you want to buy how through any mean. And as lenders need to be a lender who gives mortgages to customers how they want to buy them and, and you know, whatever channel. And so that needs to be the same, same transaction. That's a good point. Well, and I think especially when you're talking speed, I know, I mean, we're both in California here, so I think we can both attest to this. I mean, we've all had friends try to buy houses and maybe you've bought one recently, but I, I just know the, with the lack of uh, inventory on the market, having the speed, giving the borrower the speed and the ability to know how much home they can afford right now is crucial right now. I mean, sometimes, I mean, there's homes going, at least in my area, there's homes going, you know, with, you know, people buying sight unseen and, you know, getting, you know, 20, 30 offers within the first couple of days. Yeah, I, you know, that's, you're absolutely right. So being in a place, you know, I, I talked to lenders and friends who have made six, seven offers on different homes recently, and they're they're not getting any of them done, you know, accept it, and they're frustrated, and it's, you know, so how do you empower that borrower to be better equipped to get a loan? Well, I mean, or to buy, get the house when you make the offer, a couple of things that you know they want to look at is, are you approved? Who's the lender, and what's this approval actually look like? So if you're actually able to give your borrowers approvals that say things like, you know, income's been verified, right? Assets have been verified. Credit's been verified. All these things have been verified and they're approved. That 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 one goes higher in the list of people to sell to because you know the person offering the most may say they're you know only putting three percent down and they don't have an approval yet. And so you as the buyer or seller may be concerned that well that might not work or they may not have the money or that transaction may fall through. So having that speed up and then you're right about buying home sight unseen. You know that that I you know. My, I have a, my brother-in-law is a real estate agent here in uh, Newport Beach and Laguna area. He sold a house, I think in the last, about a month ago for $25 million, sight unseen. Walked through the house with a, a, a iPhone FaceTime on, walked through, showed the person, the, uh, the buyer and the, their real estate agent the house. Um, uh, the real estate agent wanted driving down just to visit, but they, they offered, and I think they closed in two or three days, all cash. Just sight unseen, which is in my mind, like, wow, if someone's going to do a transaction like that, people are doing transactions, you know, at half a million dollars all the time, sight unseen. Now. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the only way if we're lenders out here, the only way that we can, you know, you can compete with the uh, all cash offers is to have, you know, someone that's pre-approved, someone that's ready and their data is and their data is verified and they know it and they know how much they can afford too. So uh, I think you're, you're totally right on that. So let's, uh, you know, take. Uh, Another swing at this uh, 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 topic about data. How are, in your mind, the top lenders today? How are they turning that vast amount of data into actionable intelligence to drive sales on their end further? Yeah, um, you know, kind of back to the data alignment, right? You know, uh, you know, some of our more successful lenders have a real strategy from anyone who comes in contact with them as a company is going to have a workflow. That's going to be automated and it's going to automate the communications at the right time, the right message to ask them to do the right thing. Right. So if it's someone who's not approved for a loan because their credit's poor, you're not saying call us and see if we can give you a loan. You're saying here's steps to improve your credit. You know, three, four months later, here's some more steps to improve your credit. Hey, if you've improved it, give us a call or people are using, you know, other services, you know, other data monitoring services like sales boomerang. You know, they're they're monitoring those those people who have not qualified for a mortgage and once they qualify for a mortgage it's automating our platform we're creating a, a, a 
marketing campaign, reaching out to the customer, the whole nine yards, and bringing that person back into place. So really it's, you have to look at um, your tech stack, right? There's a lot of old technology in the industry right now. Lots of, you know, old technology. And it was great because it's what's, it's what's what's worked. It was the first stuff out there. You know, fantastic, right? Model T Ford was a great truck because it was the first truck out there. But I don't think anyone asking, can I buy a Model T Ford to go drive around town anymore? You know, unless it's, you know, Sunday driving because cars just drive a lot better now. Things have changed. So things have to adapt. So having the systems in place that have, um, let me use a couple terms here. And we, we use terms all the time in, you know, in the industry and they mean so many things. CRM, what's a CRM? You know, but it's a loose definition at this point. What's marketing automation, loose definition? You know, what's the difference between those companies, right? You take a look at like a HubSpot who doesn't really serve our industry, but serves other industries. What are they? They have a CRM, they have marketing automation. They're, you know, what does this all mean? So what we see is lenders have, have a CRM in that components of it are lead management, which is a huge thing, telephony management. So lead management is when a customer raises their hand to buy from you, how does that person get communicated? What system manages that? Is it automated? It needs to be automated. Meaning if a person doesn't take the action, the system needs to take an action for, for the loan officer or give it to another loan officer to take action. That way, every lead, everyone's getting contacted. And I can tell you, um, this is not being done well in our industry. Uh, we have done three separate, what we call the MBA uh, contact studies, where each time we go out to between 500 to 1,000 lenders, we apply online, ask them for a mortgage, then we time how they respond to us. What I can tell you in the three studies we've done, um, the best was 56% of the people did not ever respond. So we're talking between 56 and 60% of the time, online inquiries don't even get responded to by the lender. So, I mean, you have to, how can you do that? That's crazy, right? And, and you know, what we can see right now is um, rates went up and, you know, they've got, been going up for a little while and, you know, talking to some of our lenders, what's happening is marketing costs are going up. They're like, well, my volume's staying the same, but I'm paying more. I got to talk to more. I got to be more efficient and get to in front of more. And my marketing cost is going up. Well, having the right systems in place, you know, if you're not contacting your leads immediately, who goes online, you know, point of sale solution, someone applies for a mortgage, they fall out, they don't finish it up. You better contact them right away. Hey, what's going on? Let's get them back engaged. Or they do apply. Hey, thank you. know, you got your mortgage. I'm here to help you. You know, let's go get that house. What, you know, here's the next step. Automating that process. Um, if, you know, half the time lenders aren't doing that, then, you know, of course your marketing costs are going to go up, which is great news. I tell lenders is these are all, this is all great news because if you look at your business right now and lenders are looking at this right now because, um, the market's changing, pricing's different, so volumes are going to go down some potentially, and marketing costs are going to go up. We're still it's a great market, you know, still making a lot of money, but you have to be paying attention to um, what that looks like right now. Like, what is that? What what is that going to look like, and how can it be as efficient as possible with all the business I bring in? Because it's going to be necessary. It hasn't been necessary for the last year, year and a half. Customer service could be really poor, right? You cannot call borrowers back in a timely manner because that borrower calls someone else who are just as busy. Right, the expectations the same. Well, that that's changing now. So those lenders who really, you know, um, invest in their time and processes, I think, are really going to thrive. And in three years from now, we're going to have, I think, some consolidation, and we're going to have some lenders that we don't know of right now that are going to be, become huge lenders. They're really going to grow because of it. That's good. That's an interesting point. Well, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly it, there's certainly a lot of improvement uh, in in the industry right now. Room for improvement, I should say. 
And I think you're right that that it is going to lead to some consolidation here once rates go up and things shift back. I think there's some lenders that are going to be, you know, they're going to be a little uh, uh, hurting and, and uh, looking for looking for an exit strategy. Um, so let's uh, let's switch back to uh, switch gears here again here and uh, you know tell us what uh, you know just from Encelerate's perspective, what should we be keeping an eye on as far as uh, any new releases from uh, from you guys this year? Um, you know, one of the new releases that we uh, released a month ago was our Data IE product. Uh, we have other ones, and we'll come out with some announcements of what the other ones will be. But we just released our Data IE, which is the ability to, um, you know, within our customer experience platform, as a lead goes into the CRM or lead management platform, we're pulling real-time information about this customer. Things like uh, a, an AVM, like a real AVM, not just a, you know, a Zillow AVM, but a, a true AVM, high, low, mid prices, recent comps in the area, price per square foot, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, do they have a pool, what type of house is it, um, all this information around this customer. So that way, when the information comes in, you as the loan officer have really good information, can, can have a better conversation. And if they're looking to buy a house, you can send them a property report, right? So the same information comes in and you say, oh, are you, oh, you're looking at one, two, three Main Street? Let me send this to you and all outputs, here's that house, here's the uh, the AVM, here's the comps in the area, is the um, values uh, increasing or decreasing in the area, is the inventory increasing or decreasing in the area, all this great rich information so that you can have a better conversation. So that just makes that customer experience work. And then the other part of it is then when it comes into marketing, what we got back to data alignment, the right message at the right time. Now you have some really good insight, right? You know, I'll give me an example. You know, what if I said, you know, I want to start marketing cash out loans. Why don't I look at all my people who are in Florida, Texas, California, who uh, have equity, but don't have a pool in their house and market to them, hey, you know what, now's a great time. Did you know you could probably put a pool in your backyard for 50 bucks a month and, you know, give them something of value out of that. And now you're, you know, you're you're reaching a customer who might be thinking this thing, well, maybe I should put a pool in the backyard, right? It is Florida, everyone else has pools, I don't. I want a pool or wherever I am, I'm at. So that information I think is really gonna be, um, um, you know, crucial. And so that's something we released. I think customers are really gonna really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Uh, well, I love the uh, the idea of especially this time of year, right before things get really hot in uh, Texas and, and out here in California, sending them a message: Hey, this is the time to build a pool. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so, and if anyone uh, wants to keep in touch with you guys and find out uh, what's going on this year, I mean, I think the best way to do that obviously is through the, the website accelerate.com, and then also following you on uh, LinkedIn. I think you guys have got a lot of good uh, content you can yeah. push out there. That's right. Um, so, yeah. if, you, if you want to find out about us, yeah, Encelerate.com is a place to go. Obviously, you know, follow us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Um, haven't gotten a clubhouse yet, quite honestly. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, <laughs> so, you know, take a look. We have a lot of good content out there. And that, that, you know, we, we tend to keep everyone up to date with what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So last question here, we're uh, starting to run out of time here. So it's, I think it's easy to forget the importance of uh, industry advocacy efforts when volumes are high and everyone's happy and busy. So, you know, from your perspective, someone who's been a big supporter of the California MBA the last couple of years, why should companies be sure to invest in advocacy work that uh, groups like the California MBA and the MBA do in times of good and not so good? Well, I mean, in short, it's our paid representation to our industry. You know, we have lawmakers out there who are making laws who are only only get informed by who comes up and tells them what's going on with something. And they don't see 
any both sides of it. They're ill-informed. So we as an industry, if we want ourselves to be, you know, protected in the sense of making sure we don't have lawmakers to come in and say, you know what, no more foreclosures. Uh, it's going to take 18 months to foreclose on a house. Well, that would, you know, that was actually got passed and that would completely change our industry when it comes to valuations and servicing rights and all these other things. That stuff can happen. You know, I can think of recently um, the advocacy to to try to not have the GFE or the, the additional 50 basis point, you know, market hit. There's been several things that the industry has gone out there and gotten delayed, gotten changed. And it's it's like a, a small insurance policy to make sure your industry is being represented well and, you know, educating the right people. Because, you know, I was in the industry during the, the market crash and people blamed mortgage industry for everything. It's like, well, if you were educated, I don't know if that's necessarily true. The people selling derivatives and, you know, uh, there's all there's so many other parts of why the whole market crashed. And not having people educated to go in there and say, well, here's really what we need to do. Here's how we, you know, change the LE or the closing disclosure. Here's how we make it better because they're talking to lenders who are actually working with the customers and actually have the information to inform the, you know, inform them to make the right decision. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. It really is, you know, every one of these issues are far more complex than I think a lot of uh, uh, lawmakers realize. In part because they're, you know, they're getting their information, their input uh, often from the media. The media's job is to distill everything down to one simple narrative. And I mean, to your point about especially the, uh, um, the financial crisis had many, many uh, uh, causes and, and uh, impacts and inputs. And so I think that, uh, you know, having a, an advocate right now that can kind of bring in the, the lender side of the equation, I think is, is definitely crucial. So thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. And thank you for joining us today. I mean, I think it was a good conversation again, and uh, you're our, you're our first repeat uh, guest on uh, Connect. So I really appreciate your time and and your perspective on uh, uh, customer engagement and uh, experience. Awesome, Dustin. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on, and uh, have a great day. All right, thank you. And if you enjoyed the uh, conversation here, make sure you can uh, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel here. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we'll be back again next Monday for another episode of Connect. We'll see you then.